Welcome to Catch the Fire London's podcast. We pray that you will be radically transformed as you listen to this message. Would you stretch your hands to Ashley as we pray for her? Father, we thank you for your daughter and her dedication to you, Father, that she loves you, Father. And Father, this week that she has sought you for a word, Father, as she has received this word to deliver to us, we pray that you will bless her as she gives this word. Father, as she stands in in this authority, that leadership anointing on her, Father, I pray, oh God, that she would only be moved by you. Father, I pray, Lord, that her spiritual antennae, antennae will be sharper than ever. And Father, as she speaks, as she looks, Father God, I pray that she will hear from you so clearly, Father, and deliver what you have for us oh God bless your daughter as she gives fill her with joy to overflow strengthen our God whatever week she has had oh Lord but now in your presence I pray we will see Jesus through your daughter Ashley today bless her Lord as she gives your word we love her in Jesus name amen bless you Ashley thank you you guys oh okay let me I'm going to try find my first scripture so that I'm ready. Um, uh, here we go. So thank you guys. Oh, what a morning already. Fabulous. Um, okay, so most of you know we've been doing a series called I Believe, dot, 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 and it's following the TBN series. And so we're now, um, we've swapped around uh, the two topics um, just in case you are following it. So it will be the next week's one. Um, when we're doing, I believe in breaking unhealthy patterns. Um, and so um, I, I, you know, I've spoken several times. I really love talking about, um, you know, self-care, self-management and, and practical applications of the Bible so that we can live healthy lifestyles mentally, emotionally, physically. And so I wanted to start off just by sharing a little bit about myself before jumping in. So some of you may know, but most of you probably don't. Um, I actually suffer from mild OCD, which is um, obsessive compulsive disorder. And I have since I was about age 12. And so this is, this is quite manageable for me. Um, it results from anxiety and mindsets as a child. Um, and what happens is um, often I will... Um, look at putting in um, mental kind of repeating patterns and things like that um, to help me manage anxiety when it arises in specific areas. But often these patterns that I end up doing can often be really detrimental because if they're stopped, then anxiety comes even more so. And so it's a really compounding issue. And so why am I sharing this? And why am I qualified to talk on breaking patterns um, of behavior and thought patterns? Well, the reason I am able to talk about this and have authority in this is because actually I have over the years gained authority and I have gained traction and I have gained breakthrough um, within this area. And actually it's been probably around... Ooh, four, maybe five years now since I've actually had a panic episode around it. And so actually I have seen breakthrough in my life and I praise Jesus for that because it is him who comes and aids us and brings breakthrough for when we need it. And so I can speak with authority because I have seen, I have looked in the Bible, I have gained strategies from God as to how to get out of these patterns of behaviours that I have found myself in to bring breakthrough to myself that I can declare 
declare that I really am free from these things because I can stand in the truth of what God has declared over me. And so today I want to share with you some of the stuff that I have learned on my journey around actually breaking these things down, breaking them off and actually seeing real fruit come when we are captive and we are slaves in particular areas of repeating patterns of thought or behaviours. And the reason why we talk about thoughts and behaviours is because thoughts precede behaviours and they are seriously interlinked. And so what we want to do, I want to go through the Bible with you and I want to show you some real biblical examples of where people were doing it not great, <laughs> where people were real slaves and captivity to their thought patterns, their emotions and their behaviours that came as a result and God's, the way he dealt with that. And then what happened when they were transformed formed into the newness of Christ. So if you want to come with me to Exodus, let's have a look. We're going to start there. So really, I love looking at the the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. This is a great example of unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy thought patterns. So the, the Israelites, they came out of Egypt they crossed over the Red Sea and they came um, into the, the wilderness. And what we know is that through their unbelief, through their doubt, through their self-doubt, through their murmurings, their mumblings, their grumblings, um, they did not enter the promised land, right? And so what we can see here is over several books in the Bible, over, over 40 years, we can see where they, they really had some downfalls and really showed that they were having some really ingrained um, thoughts here. And they were actually robbed of their destiny and the things that God had for them because of these repeating patterns of thoughts and behaviours that had robbed them from the promised land. Um, Their fear, disloyalty and their unbelief had caused them to forfeit the good plans of God. So, Let's have a look. So we go to, yeah, let's start at the beginning. I won't read it all. But it's at the gold calf. So now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Okay, so here we can see. The Israelites, they, they have a slight wobble here. So Moses has gone up the mountain. He's been up there for goodness knows how long. They're beginning to panic. They're beginning to wobble. They're thinking, what is happening? Our leader, our leader has gone. We're figureheadless. And so we need, we need someone. We need something um, to turn our attention to, to, to turn our prayers to, 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 to turn our, our praise to and ask for help. So even though God, <laughs> Yahweh, had delivered them out of Egypt, had, had parted the Red Sea before them, displayed his glory, displayed his strength. They've had the, the water out of stone, out of rocks. They've had the pillars of fire and smoke. They've had manna. They've had um, birds. They've had, they've had so much of the display of the glory of God and his power and his love for them and his provision for them. Yet still, they are, they are in this old pattern and mindset. And they say, they say Aaron, look, we need this, we need this statue. We need this this idol, we need this calf, we need to pray for it, uh, pray to it for something to happen. And God, at the end of uh, chapter 32, um, he says, behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit 
uh, for punishment. I will visit punishment upon them for their sin. So the Lord plagued the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. So we can see that unhealthy patterns of thoughts and behaviors really do have detrimental consequences to us. And so we need to learn how not to get into them. So next, come with me to Numbers 16.3. Here it is. So this is later on where there is the rebellion against Moses and Aaron. And so this is where Korah, the son of Ishar, um, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Ibrahim, uh, the sons of Eliab and the son of Peleth, oh my goodness, sons of Reuben took men. And they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, you take too much upon yourselves for all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? And so it goes on. And as it goes on in this, basically Moses and Aaron, they have a chat with God, <laughs> always wise. Um, and God says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is not okay. It is not okay that they have come to you with their complaining, their grumblings, their bitterness, their blame. And so really that's what what's the, they were doing. They were, they were coming and saying, hey, like, you know, what about us? What about, you know, what about, you know, our portion? But also, you know, we're blaming you for everything that's gone on. The reason we're not in the promised land, the reason we're not in the land of milk and honey for the way they are, you know, the way things are. And God in response in verse 32 to 35, we see God comes against the compla- uh, the, the Korah and the sons of Ishar, uh, the son of Ishar, etc., etc., And he says, And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the men with Korah, with all their goods. So they and all those with them went down alive into the pit. The earth closed over them and they perished from among the assembly. Then all Israel who were around them fled at their cry, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up also. And a fire came out of the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering incense. Okay, so (laughs) that was a massive move of God where he came down and was like, heck no, like this is not okay. This is not okay that there is continued grumblings, continued complaints, continued blaming, continued bitterness. I've taken you out of Egypt. I've done this for you. I've, I've spoken to you. I've given you my commandments. I've, you know, he's doing all of this to help the people change the way that they've been. And so what he says, he's, 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 he gets rid of the, the people who are stuck in their ways. They are stuck in the old. They are stuck in the old ways of thinking, the old flesh. They are stuck in the ways that Egypt has, has brought them up in. And he, he displays and he responds with a supernatural event where he literally opens up the, the ground and it swallows people whole. And then he closes the earth up. It's not just the fact that, you know, it could be like an earthquake and coincidence and boof, you know, it opens and people fall in. Coincidence, no. He closes it back up again so that people know that he is the God who is doing this. And so what happens next in Numbers 16.41? On the next day, the next day. All the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. 
So, did they learn? Did they see? Did they take on board? Did they hear what God said? Did they hear what God was doing? Did they see what event had occurred before them? Because they, they saw all this, and yet still they had not changed their hearts. Because all of this, of what happened, all of the consequences of what happened, was rooted in the fact that the people had not changed their hearts. They had not changed their minds, and they had not changed their behaviours as a result of this. And this is because they had hundreds of years of living with the Egyptians. They had hundreds of years of being assimilated to the culture that they were part of. They had lived with them. They had become tolerant of it because they'd been in slavery. They'd taken it on board. They'd listened to the Egyptians, the practices. And their faith, their own practices of the Israelites had been watered down. They had been dissolved and they had taken on and started to do the cultural practices of the Egyptians. And so... When God had removed them from Egypt and they were continuing to do it, God was like, hang on a minute, this isn't okay because I'm teaching you a new way. I'm teaching you a new way of doing it, a a godly way, my way, and I'm giving you the tools, I'm displaying my glory, I'm speaking to you as well and showing you supernatural um, events and ways so that you can start to turn away from the things that you had learned and you had taken on board. And so what we really learn is that there is a warning here from God against taking on unhealthy patterns and dealing with things as the world says. You know, it's not okay to react in the way that the world says because we are called to be set apart. God has a different way for us. He He has a different plan for us. And therefore, we need to not not be assimilated and take on the ways of the world and the way they deal with things. But we need to step aside from that and we need to learn how God wants us to deal with um, things that arise in us when things like doubt or um, disbelief or anger or um, bitterness or anything like that. You know, the series that we've really been going on, God has a different and better way. So, you know, the world may say, you know, it's okay to go binge drinking and, you know, repress your problems and repress your emotions through through self-medication and things like that. It may say, you know, it's okay to find affirmation in, in men or women and, and sleep around and find your comfort there. But God says there are different ways. There are higher ways and there are better ways. And so we need to start changing the way we think about things so that we can start changing the way we behave about things. And so when fearful situations happen, we often lean back on our default reactions. This is what the Egyptians were doing here. They were leaning back on their old ways, their default patterns of behaving and thinking, the the habitual things that had been grained into them. And so what do we learn? What can we, we, we gather here from what God is showing us in this scripture? Really what I felt he was saying is that we need to be guarded against our default tendencies. These can become so normal and so natural that we don't even realize that there's something wrong with it. But we need to, we need to become aware and then we need to fight against our natural tendencies. Um, and so... 
and our innate urges and our instincts to react in a particular way because these are all things we have learned over time because of our trauma, our experiences, um, our interactions with people. We develop particular ways um, of dealing with it. Now, I am very aware that I have a natural tendency to run a million miles if I think I'm going to be rejected. This is probably quite a common theme that most of us have. And I know where it stems from. I know where it, it, where it dwells from. And I've done a lot of inner healing around it. Um, I had some amazing breakthrough a couple of weeks ago um, in an inner healing session with Alex. Um, and it was just truly beautiful. Um, but what I learn is that I have a natural default to run away if I've got a, a feeling or fear that someone is going to push me away first. And so I cut my ties with them. It's a lot easier for me to go, do you know what, it's okay. You don't really mean that much to me anymore. So off you go, off you run. And actually, I have learned over time that that is not okay. It is not a healthy reaction to something. It is not the way that God wants us to do it because God tells us that we are to be the body of Christ. You cannot cut off your arm or your leg. You cannot cut off people and think that you can still be healthy and still survive. We need to be connected as one body and therefore it is not healthy for me to push people away and cut that when I feel my heart start to wobble and I feel it start to close and withdraw that little bit, that I need to take stock and say, hang on a minute. There is an unhealthy pattern of thought here, of fear that is rising up within me and I need to catch it. I need to recognise it and I need to deal with it because the resulting um, thing that may come from it is not going to be healthy. So we know that awareness is great, Self-awareness is really important because it's the step in the right direction to starting to uh, to notice these unhealthy patterns of thought and responses. However, if we stop there, we're missing the point. The point is that once we've recognised it, we need to do something about it. And so... Um, what, what we really understand from reading uh, in the Bible here is that God is saying, I need you to do something about the ways you are responding, the ways you are thinking about this. And I need you to find the truth and the better way, my way of dealing with it. And so the Israelites had a choice here. When they came out of Egypt, they could continue on the path that they had been going. They continue with, you know, making their uh, idols, you know, their shrines that they brought with them, the talismans that they brought with them. They could continue using them and, um, and uh, praying to them and all of this. Or what they could do is throw it all away and they could learn another way. They could learn a better way. And God gave them the Ten Commandments to help them deal with that, to help them train their ways, train their minds to think a better way. And so what's the first port of call in breaking healthy, unhealthy patterns? So when I was planning, I had this picture um, and I had a picture of this bowl and it had broken and it shattered and the pieces were everywhere and Jesus was just gathering them all up, gathering and scooping them up and bringing them back to one place and he began to put them back together bit by bit. But then sometimes parts would break off again and he would have to pick them up and put them back together and he was patiently repairing it. I felt God say, you may once have been broken and scattered 
but never again because the hand of God is gathering you back each time. Some of us come with baggage, trauma, pain and brokenness. That is, that is, you know, we live in a broken world. There is most likely every single person here who has had some level of trauma and pain and hurt within their life. We, we can't really escape that. But what we can escape is our reaction to it and how we control ourselves and how we manage ourselves within it. And so... When we do that, we break the cycle, right? We break the cycle and the patterns that have been going on. And the patterns also release freedom in other people. But that's another point later on. So sometimes we have the tendency to remain fixed on we are broken. We see this broken bowl and we say, yep, I am broken. I am a broken person. I have had this trauma and stuff in our life and I look at my flaws, I look at my weaknesses, um, I, you know, places where I don't match up to my expectations and where I don't fit this picture picture-perfect presentation of what a Christian or a, a person should be. We look at the parts that don't look right. But I want to tell you today that you are not broken. You are not broken, but you are a work in progress. And when you are a work in progress, because Jesus is in the business of restoring, repairing, and bringing back the pieces together, you are a work in progress. We all are. We are all in the process of being made whole and becoming a greater reflection of the glory of God. And so what happens is when we start to understand that we are not broken, yes, we once were, but from the moment we said yes to Jesus, we are now in the process of being made whole again and so therefore we need to have a mindset shift which goes from I am broken I'm always going to be broken I'm always going to have flaws and cracks and things like that to the mindset shift of I am a work in progress I am in process of becoming more like Jesus I am in process of becoming more like him I am process of being put back together and when we can understand that and realize that we start to be able to look at ourselves differently and deal with things as they rise in a different manner and the reason we we can do this for it says in 2 Corinthians 5:17 now if anyone is enfolded into Christ he has become an entirely new person all that is related to the old order has vanished and behold everything is fresh and new and so therefore we are not broken you were you are now a work in progress to be able to break these unhealthy patterns though we need to believe that scripture We need to believe it. We need to take it on board and believe it in our hearts and minds. Because if we don't believe it, we're not going to take it on and we're not going to adapt and change. And so we need to believe what happens to us when God reconciled himself back to him through Jesus Christ. We need to believe through faith because without faith, everything is sin anyway, that you are new in him and that the old patterns don't have to hold you anymore, but that they can be changed because of your newness in him. And so the Israelites took 40 years to change these unhealthy patterns of behavior, belief, and thought. It took them time to unlearn what they had learned in Egypt and learn the ways of God. It took time for them to teach their children, to teach their grandchildren about the ways of God and the ways that he wanted us to conduct ourselves and to do things, to have faith in him alone. And so sometimes, particularly in a charismatic culture where supernatural breakthrough is, you know, is a high expectation for instant results, for instant healing, for instant reconciliation and reformation, it can build a negative pressure on us. 
And what happens then when you don't see your healing? When you don't see that, that instant moment where that instant healing comes, that whether it's heart, mental, physical, what happens then is that a negative pressure can be put upon ourselves, not by God, not by the, necessarily the culture, but it's just this, this natural expectation thing that arises. And what happens is that disheartenment can come in. We can feel dejected, ashamed. And we need to understand, though, that God does things for us in his own timing and his own ways. And he knows the best for us. So whilst we see yes and we expect breakthrough instantaneously because God is supernatural and he can do it in a moment. I myself have had healing actually on the back of um, trauma that has come from the OCD patterns of behavior. I've had supernatural healing in my body because of it. But actually, um, what can happen is that we can see that actually healing can take time. It can take 40 years, if necessary, of time for us to change things. And actually, we think that is a lesser thing than the instant healing, but it is not. It is not a lesser thing. Healing is healing. How we get to it is God's up to God to decide with us and what is best for us. And so... <sighs> He is more interested in your heart journey and the state of your heart than the outcome that is happening. And he knows the best for you and how to get the best out of you. And so we need to trust him and lean on him to know that he knows how best to get these results to come. I was speaking to someone who had a picture um, from God. And um, in the picture, these two people were going towards a particular destination. And in this destination, one person had a motorbike and one person had a push bike. And obviously, the person with the motorbike got there first. It's quicker, it's more effective, it's more efficient. They got there and they were at their destination. The person on the push bike obviously was slower, took more time, a lot more effort, was probably a bit more sweaty by the end. Um, But... What happened is when we looked at the state of the people at the end, the person who had the motorbike didn't really change. They got where they needed to be, but they hadn't really changed. They still, you know, looked the same, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the person who had the push bike, they were fitter. They were stronger. Their muscles had developed. They were, they were wiser. They could see things differently. And so what, what we need to understand is that just because it may take longer to get somewhere, do not doubt and discredit the transformation that will occur along the way. In fact, it's actually going to be more relevant and you're going to grow more than if you just happened instantaneously. And so we need to not be disheartened by that. We need to guard ourselves on it and be like, it's okay, God. Like, I trust you. It may take longer, but I know I'm going to be better for it, even though I really want it to happen now because it's going to feel like it's a lot easier and a lot better, but I'm actually not going to change as much. And so do not be discouraged by the process because God knows the right process for you. So let's move to Joshua at this point. Hmm, Where are we? Joshua... Joshua 1, let's jump to. So at this point, the Israelites are about to enter the promised land. And they're getting ready for the battle at Jericho. And so the people we see here are very different people to the people who came out of Egypt. Joshua 1, 10 to 18, this is where God gives the instructions for Joshua crossing the Jordan. And... 
what we begin to see about the people is it says, God is sending the Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh over first. They are to pass in front of the rest of the tribes and go before them in crossing the Jordan. Why is this key and why is this relevant to change? Why? Because they have already received their portion. They already have been living in the land that had been assigned to them and promised them. And so whilst the the rest of the the land is for the rest of the the Jews and the Israelites, right now the, the Reubenites, the Gadites and the Manasseh, they have... They have been given their portion. They've been living in it. They've been raising their cattle and their their animals in it. They have been creating homes in it. And so they have already seen it. They have already been living in the land that God has given them. And this is significant because they know the fulfillment of the promise. They know and they know what it's like. They know what it's like to have lived in it. And they have seen the faithfulness of God in this area. And so God has said, Because you have seen, because you have known, because you have lived in it, you're going to walk over first. Because when you walk over first, what it does is it reminds all the other tribes of the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. And therefore, we need to allow your experience of God to notify your heart and your faith. You need to allow your encounter with Him um, to change the way you see Him, but also to help the faith of others. As they crossed the Jordan first, as all these thousands of people would have come before, every single one of them would have been a testimony of the fulfillment of promise to the people who were standing in the wait and waiting. So if you want unhealthy patterns to break, who goes before you and who you surround yourself with is really, really important. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Who you surround yourself with is really, really important. Joshua 1, 17 to 18, just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. This is what they're saying. Only the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. These men had undergone a complete change of heart. You know, previously in Exodus and Numbers, they had been complaining. They had allowed bitter roots to take root and the fruit was being seen. They'd grumbled, they'd, they'd been, you know, complaining they'd just been they'd been awful and they had come with these these hearts that were just bleh and and bleh it's a technical word <laughs> and in this place instead they literally say just as we heeded Moses in all things so not just Joshua but they'd had a transformation where once they were complaining against him and about him now they were for him and they were heeding him and listening to him they respected him and they respected Joshua they knew that God was with them and so these men had had a complete change of heart when we look back to numbers and we see that God dealt with the people who rose up against Moses, didn't we? We saw what God did with those people. And in Psalm 1-1, it said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So God is clear here. Do not walk with, stand or sit with people who are going to infect your heart and mind, who will want you to agree with them and their sinful ways and their unhealthy patterns of thought and behaviour. Do not join people in their bitterness, in their strife, 
strife, in their doubt and their scorn. You need to be surrounding yourself with people who are going to be good fruit for you, who are going to be iron to you and sharpen you and point you to Jesus. If you want to break unhealthy patterns, take stock of who is speaking into your life and your heart. What fruit are you seeing? If it's not good, you need to follow the Lord's advice and get out. But what that looks like, I will allow Lord to speak to you about. That's not for me to say because relationships are really important and really special and key. But in Psalm 1-2... It then goes on to say, but his delight in the law of the Lord and but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. So not only are you supposed to surround yourself with people who will sharpen you and grow you, but also you need to have your head and your heart in the word. It needs to be a dual component. And so if you want to break things inside of you that are unhealthy, ungodly and, and, and not going well for you, then these are things that you need to do. So let's skip ahead to Joshua 6. Uh, Yeah, here. Uh, The instructions had been given for the destruction of Jericho. Verse 10. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. Joshua is commanding the children of Israel to maintain their silence, total silence, as they walk around Jericho. The memory of Israel's 40-year punishment for walking in, the, uh, walking in the wilderness was a result of their mumblings of complaint, of disbelief, and not trusting God. We therefore see that this is fresh in Joshua's mind as he is giving the instruction that God has given him. We learn here that when facing trials and tribulations and things going on that where fear could take hold and allow to kind of rise up within your heart, we need to know that you need to let your lips be sealed and do not let unbelieving words come out, just like what Falake preached last week. So if you haven't heard it, you need to go back and listen to it because it was epic. But, but words can bind you or set you free. And so the silence and an unwillingness to agree with the situation or, or what a negative situation looks like um, and not agreeing to look at it with the natural eyes, but rather looking at it with Holy Spirit-filled eyes causes obedience and trust in God and on God. And in this place, old patterns of disbelief were broken. So we can see within this, when God gives the instructions, that he just really wants you to lean on him to break these patterns. They aren't patterns that he wants you to break on your own, as we know anything not done with without him, with Anything done without him is sin. We need to be doing things with him. He wants dependency. He wants, he wants trust. He wants to, to foster that relationship between you that you know that you don't have to do anything within your own strength and take things into your own hand, but he wants you to lean on him. And he wants to bring his own supernatural solutions so that you know that he is your provider and your healer and redeemer. So in summary... Dan will be thankful. Have I done well time-wise? Yeah! (laughs) So in summary, (laughs) he's been my (laughs) timekeeper. See yourself as a work in progress. You are not unsalvageable. We need to break that off. Get that mindset shift. 
Breaking these patterns may take time, and that's okay. It takes as long as God wants it to take. Allow your experience of God's goodness to to notify your faith and shine for others to see. Let go of blame and surround yourself with people who will sharpen you and instruct you in the ways of God. And five, be careful with what comes out of your mouth. What you speak into the world as it informs your reality. Hold your silence if needed. Come on. Thank you, Lord. He is very wise. (laughs) Come on. So what do we do with this? These are my tips, my top tips for you if you want to become an overcomer and see breakthrough in negative and unhealthy patterns of thoughts and behaviours in your life. And so we're going to do a little bit of ministry. Uh, Yeah. Hmm? Puddle? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. Okay, so... Firstly, why don't we stand? And I just felt two things. One, I feel that the Lord just just wants to pray. We just want to pray um, through this. And then afterwards, I want to I welcome anyone forward who particularly feels like they, they are in that place of captivity and bondage to unhealthy thought patterns and behavior. Um, And we can pray for you with the prayer team afterwards. Yeah, Jesus. I am so grateful. I am so grateful that you are the living God who walks with us day by day, hour by hour. And you care so much about us and our ways that you give us wisdom and instructions on how to live the way you want us to live. So that we can have freedom. So that we can be free from bondage, free from fear, free from anxiety, free from the patterns that keep us down. that you teach a higher way and a better way. That your word preaches a higher way, God. And so Lord, right now, I pray over each and every person here and over anybody watching now or later on, God, that you are the God who deals with unhealthy thought patterns and behaviours, that you are the God who brings into restoration the things that have been broken. God, that you are the one who redeems, restores and delivers. And so Lord, right now I declare over everybody here, Lord, that where there are unhealthy patterns of thoughts and behaviour, God, that you would see to it that these are dealt with in your mighty name, that you would seal them, that where there needs to be changed, God, that you would be changed, that you would lay your hands upon everyone's head and heart here, God, that you would deliver them from this state that they have been in, from old patterns that have not been helpful, God, where they have not been able to think rightly in accordance with your word and accordance with your law, God, but that you would come and you would swoop in and that you would deliver them, that you would change it, that you would rearrange it, that you would break those unhealthy, 
and unhelpful neural networks, God, where there have been patterns that have been, been brought up over time and through trauma, God, that you would bring your healing and your restoration. And Lord, we repent in this place. If you want to repent, repent. If we repent, I repent for any place where I've given the enemy time, when I have grumbled, where I have complained, where I have given place to bitterness, where I have allowed the enemy to get a hold in and a, and a root in God. And right now I say no more. This is not a place where this can happen in our church and in our lives, God, for we are children of the Almighty God. And so right now, Lord, I ask that you would come and you would pull up ever, every root of bitterness from, uh, from our hearts and our minds, any place where fear and anxiety has tried to grip and take hold, God, that you would remove it. Any place where our mouths have given over to complaining and grumbling, God, and dishonouring, would you forgive us right now, God? We ask for your grace to come like a wave and to come wash over us. Because you make all things new. You make all things new. And so Lord, would you come and release your grace, your power, your authority, and would you come and make all things new over people's minds and hearts, God? Would you rearrange them and reform them into your image and your ways? Would you help us, oh God, that we would have our, our eyes fixed upon you and our ear to your voice, God, that we would catch ourselves quick if anything enters into our hearts and minds? But you are the one who restores God. You restore us to the promise and the fulfillment of promise. And so Lord, we ask that as you come and sovereignly deal, either in a moment or over years, with these unhealthy ways of coping and unhelpful ways of coping, God, that you would come and transform, transfigure, restore, rejuvenate, refresh, replace, replenish. And why don't you just declare over yourself today, I am not broken, but I am a work in progress. Um, and so if you want prayer, please come forward. But other than that, there is pack down needs. There is something's brewing. We, I know often churches, the tea and coffee happens in the church straight after the service. And it's really easy to be part of it. Um, but we don't want to do rubbish squash and terrible coffee. And so that's why we have something's brewing. And so it may be a short walk between where you're seated and where you're going to go. But we really value fellowship. And so after the service, please come and join us up at something's brewing. But for those of you online, I just thank you for tuning in today. And we just speak a blessing over you. We speak promises fulfilled over you. And we call you forth out of the place you're in and into the now. In Jesus' mighty name. We'll see you online for Dwell tomorrow night. For everybody else, we have Dwell in the room tomorrow night. If you don't know what it is, ask somebody. But come and spend some time in worship with us tomorrow night as well. In Jesus' name. Amen.